Hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am happy that you found me, but more importantly, friends, I am thrilled that you have found Jesus. If this is your first time tuning in, know that God honors and blesses those who diligently seek his word and then place it into action. Or perhaps you're a longtime listener. I welcome you back. You know, we learn from the book of Jeremiah is the clay is in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand. And you see, friends, Jesus actually turns our hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for him to transform and renew. And he places us upon that potter's wheel in efforts to do that. So hopefully you're going to join along with me each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we'll be delving into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, today we're going to prepare ourselves to enter into God's presence. And to do so, I'd like to speak a blessing over our lives right up front. Usually this blessing comes as a form of a benediction at the end of a worship service. But today I like, like I said, I like to pray the blessings over us right up front. So this comes from Moses's brother, priest Aaron, and he gives us this benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, you know, we said yesterday on the episode that we've officially entered into the Christmas season, and we really need to reflect upon, again, the fact that Jesus is the reason for the season. So today is we're going to learn about a big miracle in which all of the disciples played a part and helped minister to many. This miracle is called 5,000 People Are Fed. Now, this miracle account has been chronicled across all four Gospels. And if you'd like to follow along with me, I'll be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 9, verses 12 through 17. Late in the afternoon, the twelve disciples came to him and said, Send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There's nothing to eat here in this deserted place. But Jesus said, You feed them. Impossible, they protested. We have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? For there were about 5,000 men there. Just tell them to sit down on the ground in groups of about 50 each, Jesus replied. So the people all sat down and Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and asked God's blessings upon the food. Breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples to give to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted and they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Placing this miracle story 
Into context, Jesus' disciples had been empowered by him with both the power and authority to cast out demons and to heal all diseases. They had just returned from being sent out to tell everyone about the coming of the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. They had gone among many villages. Now he gave the disciples specific instructions and educated them on dealing with tough times and adversity. He modeled how to be a great leader. So if you're in leadership position, this is a great teaching to form fundamental knowledge and understanding from. The good news as we know the gospel had to be taught in its fullness, meaning that the kingdom of God was in both preaching and in healing. And the kingdom of God began in the hearts of those who believe in Jesus. This very kingdom was alive 2,000 years ago among the Judeans and is just as present with us today. Now the apostles returned from having been sent out upon the circuit of the villages preaching the good news and healing the sick. Then the apostles and Jesus slipped quietly away toward the town of Bethsaida. But the crowds found out where he was going and followed him, and he welcomed them, teaching them about the kingdom of God and curing those who were ill. In this miracle account, we learn the crowds were hungry. They had been listening to Jesus teach and preach all day long. He did his best to use parables in his teaching, which best describes earthly references for his spiritual heavenly illustrations. The people were acutely hanging upon every word he spoke. It was apparent the people were not just physically hungry, but spiritually hungry as well. Jesus had a solution. He told his disciples, you feed them. And the disciples immediately focused on what they didn't have. Instead of viewing Jesus' solution as a viable option, they too lacked food and money, both resources to get the job done. You see, God never asks us to do anything for him that we cannot tackle together. Matthew chapter 19 verse 26 puts it like this, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. We must never see lack in our lives and become blinded to God's power. One touch of his favor upon our lives is forevermore changing. So why did Jesus feel compelled to feed the people? He could have easily sent them on their way. After all, he had fed them all day long, spiritually speaking. But this miracle account teaches us more about the humanity of Jesus. He loves his people. He loves you. He loves me. And he doesn't ignore our needs. Every aspect of our lives is important to Jesus. He's deeply concerned as much for the physical as the spiritual needs that we have. As we work at bringing wholeness into people's lives, we too must recognize that both needs exist, physical and spiritual. It's impossible to minister effectively to one type of need without being considerate of the other. And in John's account, He highlights that Jesus specifically asked Philip where food could be found to feed this large amount of people. 
While the title suggests 5,000 people, scholars estimate the total number of people when women and children are factored in with the 5,000 men was closer to 20,000 people being fed. Now Jesus asked Philip, knowing that no human solution existed, he was using the question as an opportunity to stretch and strengthen Philip and the other's faith in the powerful and miraculous act that was soon to be upon them. Philip immediately began the calculations and assessing what the probable costs were to feed all the people. His mind acted much like a human calculator as the totals continued adding up. Jesus was teaching that financial resources were not the most important component. We must never limit God. Where he's concerned, no limits exist. Our job is to listen for what God wants us to do, being obedient to his call, and then trusting him in faith to provide whatever resources are needed. John's account is a much more detailed account. We learn about a young boy with five barley loaves and two fish. Jesus blesses his food up to God and begins the process of distributing bread and fish to the crowds. His disciples feed everyone until they were full. The differences we read about from John's account are important because we see first thoughts or first impressions from an adult perspective. More of a Jesus, the reality of the situation is perspective versus childlike faith. Here, Jesus, this is what I can offer. Now add to it your offering and voila, a solution is born. But we've learned up until this point in Jesus's ministry that many different people have examined his life and ministry. His neighbors and his family, Herod the king and the disciples all wanted to know who is Jesus and yet none of these people up until now truly appreciated Jesus for who he really was. The disciples were still pondering the question. They were mystified, confused, and still unbelieving. They were not yet in agreement that Jesus could provide for them. Their faith had not been enlarged yet. God knew this, and thus the need for this type of a miracle was created. The people needed to witness for themselves God's power demonstrated through the love of his Son. Anything God asks us to participate in is an opportunity to place our faith into action. We just need to do what we can and allow God to do the rest. And you know, age is never a barrier for us to be placed into Jesus's service. Moses in the book of Deuteronomy foretold of a prophet coming. So the people recognized Jesus as this prophet. He was not only a king, a priest, and a prophet, but he continues on to fulfill all of these roles today. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 15 Moses specifically says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites, and you must listen to that prophet. And in the book of Acts, the first evangelist, Stephen, used this scripture verse to support the coming of Jesus to earth. 
Jesus's coming was never an afterthought. It was a part of the original plan from the inception. Jesus told the disciples, gather up the leftovers. See, there's a lesson in that for us too. God always gives in abundance. 12 baskets of leftovers remained. Was this perhaps one basket for each of the 12 tribes? We don't know. It isn't stated in scripture, but perhaps. Nonetheless, when we offer God our time, our ability, and our resources, He in turn multiplies its effectiveness beyond what we could think or ask for. Our takeaway today from this miracle account is first positioning our heart attitude toward God and his kingdom. He then will step in and show us how we may serve in helping to advance his kingdom. And friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in his son, Jesus Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God, and our sin was placed on to Jesus at his crucifixion. Now, his righteousness is given to us at our conversion, and we can never repay this extraordinary or extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. But what we can do is show him our gratitude and thankfulness by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening that relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you, I'm respectfully challenging you to take a bold step of courage and openly confess this prayer of saving salvation after me. Father God, I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, come into my heart. I am confessing your shed blood washed away my sins upon that cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. And then consider joining a good Bible-based church so that you can surround yourself with other like-minded believers who are going to help to edify your faith. Now let me be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your lifetime. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast airs on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you might have grown up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as biblical forgiveness, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, biblical trust, and so many more. 
I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we journey together on this adventure of all things Jesus. So please consider joining me. And if you did like this episode, make sure that you subscribe so that you're going to get the latest releases as they become available. And occasionally, friends, I also reference information from my book with the same title, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you find the content within these episodes inspiring or compelling and you want to do more of a rigorous deep dive into what the Word of God says, I suggest you pick up a copy. You can do so at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or Dorrance.com, or even at my website, pampastorcopywriting.com. But importantly, friends, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. Again, like I said, you won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word. So until next time, remember you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And the Apostle John sends us off as the final statement and blessing in the book of Revelation chapter 22, verse 21 where he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Until next time, friends, God bless you.